Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blue wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... Calamar. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I am your host, Blake Bubble, with me once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, we're back here ready to start our uh, division-by-division preview, Dylan, as we look ahead to the start of the NFL season, uh, which will be here before you know it now. And uh, yes, I know I sound a little bit different today, but that is not because I am in Green Bay, um, you know, looking for Aaron Rodgers, who uh, is apparently going to be playing for the Packers this season. We weren't sure about that for a while, uh, but uh, in a different location. So it may sound a little bit different, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we have decided that uh, we are going to start with the NFC North. And uh, as always, Dylan, things are always usually interesting in the NFC North. Uh, we know kind of how things have played out past several seasons, uh, better for some than others. But uh, now that we actually know, What's going to happen over there in Rodgers uh, made it a little easier to start with this division uh, just because it does seem like uh, the number 12 will be under center for the Packers this season. Yeah, there was a time where this probably was going to be the last division we'd preview <laughs> along with maybe the AFC West or another division with the rumored possible trade destinations. Yeah, so I mean, like you're saying, it's uh, finally some clarity, at least for this season. Beyond that is still something that is uh, being negotiated. It sounds like uh, one of the big things that Aaron Rodgers wants in his contract is to be able to uh, negotiate where he wants to go next season. Um, so we'll see how that exactly pans out. But it sounds like that means he'll be at least there uh, back in Green Bay for one more go at it. So it makes our our job here a lot easier. Um, otherwise, it would have been very difficult to try to preview this division without <laughs> thinking about the best player, you know, the, the defending MVP, uh, not knowing if he was going to be there or not. Obviously, and that trickle down effect to guys like Devontae Adams, who are now, you know, there was some drama with his contract negotiations, which are, are apparently back on back on uh on route so it's a yeah a lot easier for us at this point to look at a division that yeah like you're saying has been pretty predictable uh in recent years although we both picked the vikings i believe last year to win it i didn't even have the Packers making the playoffs that was just very very stupid on my part but hey um we'll see uh, you know we'll make our picks of the divisions later on but this and this episode just going through our looking at the our expectations for all these teams and making some divisional award picks yeah, just doing, as we did last year, our ceiling floor, kind of looking at what, what could be good for some of these teams, what are, you know, could be the bad things that stand out for some of these. And um, yes, and also making our picks for division MVP and breakout players, which, uh, spoiler alert, we're actually going to have the same ones. And as we'll talk about, there really weren't a lot of options that we saw for the breakout players. And maybe that tells you a little bit of something about what the expectations are maybe for a couple of these teams going into the season. But let's start with the Packers. As we just said, um, they're the team that obviously now thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in the mix. Devontae Adams 
same situation. As long as those two are on the field, uh, you feel like the Packers are the team to beat in this division. We're also going to mention that the over-under win totals for these teams, and these are as of um, July 25th, so this would have been as of Sunday. I have not seen any, Dylan, as we've said. I've not yeah. really seen any updated ones yet after the, the Rodgers news. I think probably, too, it's, you know, you're waiting to make sure that and we assume this is going to happen, but um, mm-hmm. you're waiting to make sure everything's official and all that. But as of July the 25th on Sunday, um, it was 10.5 wins for the Packers. Uh, that was the number. It sounds about right um, as my dog was crazy in the background, uh, clearly not agreeing with the, uh, the ten and a half here. But um, that is kind of where things stand as you look at the Packers. Uh, I mean, again, we know what the offense is going to be. We know the possibilities there. Um, how you look at the defense, th- those are maybe some things you also look at with this team. But once again, I, I think as you we go up and down here, the Packers are the team to beat when you look at this division. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, if if Aaron was gone or if we we're still unsure, maybe we'd be looking at a team like the Vikings. Uh, still have pretty close in terms of their projections from Football Outsiders. Uh, the Packers at nine point six wins, Minnesota nine point one. So you're looking at that ten win range. I still think uh, I would go at least with the ten and a half. I'd feel pretty good about an eleven and six finish with that extra win here. For Green Bay, obviously on defense there are some questions about if they made enough improvements. Uh, to really be, you know, not just a middle of their own defense. By the last season, they had some some flashes, but overall finishing 15th in DVOA, or uh, actually 17th in DVOA on defense. Not a great special teams team as well. So they really carried by what they did on offense, you know, finding a rhythm in their passing game. And really in the second year with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, you saw their uh, that offense really take off to another level. I don't think there's any reason to, to believe they'll go backwards by any means. So really... You know, obviously being continuing to be one of the top offenses, the number one offense, and and according to Football Outsiders last season, will be tough. But staying in the top five, I don't think is unreasonable. So it really comes down to what that defense is going to do. But uh, that ten and a half, I'd still feel pretty optimistic about it because you have the reigning MVP and a guy that's going to feel. I don't think there's any question about his motivation, regardless of what was going on this season. But now uh, that he's going to be back and possibly in his last year in Green Bay, he's really going to obviously. <laughs> just like every season, uh, wanting to win a Super Bowl, but especially uh, to try to finish off his career with the Packers, potentially. Uh, We'll see what happens in 2022. But um, in terms of floor, though, for this team, I I wouldn't put it too low. I guess maybe, like, if it really have to be, if something happens with Aaron or other members of the team with injuries uh, schedule-wise, I don't think... They have, uh, by any means, the, the toughest uh, games that they can. Yeah, I feel like there's an expectation they should be able to get to that 10-win-ish range. But, I mean, they've back-to-back seasons winning 13. I, I don't think there's a reason now with that extra game to really feel that the, you know, pending Rodgers' health, really, uh, anything less than 11 wins for me would be a, a disappointment for Green Bay. Maybe their floor is like, what, 8? I'll, I'll go with 8 yeah. and 9. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think it's very low either. I think that's about right. I, I probably would, you know, they're, they're over, they're an over 500 team, but like you said, it, it depends on Rogers and there are things that, again, we can only look at how we see things right now on paper. We, it's hard to really project injuries and those kind of mm-hmm. things. So uh, yes, I, I agree. I don't think this is a team we're going to be putting down at uh, five or anything uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, the Vikings are the team that have the second, uh, according to the odds uh, from Sunday, uh, the second highest, uh, you know, over under in terms of win total at eight and a half. Um, so like we said, now that we're playing these 17 games, um, that, that's an interesting one because we did like all last year, we, we were all in on the Vikings. Like we thought that maybe this was sort of a scenario where, you know, things could kind of play out the, the way that they did. And now as you look ahead, 
Like, it's just, I feel like the Vikings are one of those teams that, when you look at them on paper now, yes, we know, you know, Dalvin Cook's there. We know the offense, Justin Jefferson, had a breakout season. Of course, Adam Thielen's still there. Um, I think people are still going to question Kirk Cousins until the day he retires. Um, <laughs> there's always going to be, I think, a, a thought in the back of your mind. Are they going to be good enough with Kirk Cousins under center to win, you know, a Super Bowl or get to a championship game? I think those are the questions people are going to have. Um, you look at the defense. Look, there's some good players on that defense. I mean, there there are guys that are sort of proven. Um, they've got some veterans there as well. Um, so they're once again interesting, but I, I think it's, you know, still it's you just don't feel like you're going to put the Vikings ahead of the Packers probably now. Now that, again, how we've seen how it's played out, it's just hard to do that. And, and I feel like this eight and a half. You know, I think it's probably honestly about like about right. Do I think uh-huh. there's anything that just completely wows me about the Vikings to where I'm going to say, oh, that's a that's a 12 win team or something? I, I just don't see it. But I also like we just I mean, it's sort of similar to the Packers where it's like, I don't think this is going to be a bad team either. Um, so it's just, you know, they're right there in the middle. And I know that's where as an NFL team you don't want to be. But I feel like it's just with the Vikings. That's the expectation at this point. Yeah, my, I feel a little more optimistic about them getting into the postseason. Obviously, they failed right. to a year ago, but they lost a lot of really close games and played a, a pretty tough schedule this year based on the projections from sharp football analysis. They're right in the middle at 14th with their strength of schedule. Football Outsiders has it a bit tougher at 7th. Uh, but, yeah, it's really, for me, again, about the defense. I know it's a little bit similar to the Packers, but um the offense here for for the vikings is it's going to be a top 10 unit most likely again uh they they're one of the more balanced offenses in the nfl again last season obviously dalvin cooks is a great weapon we, the emergence of of justin jefferson really made it uh pretty simple to just slot him in way easier than we thought it would be with uh, him replacing the role uh, from stefan diggs the offensive line obviously they, they get Christian Derisai, his is going to slot him in immediately at left tackle. I think his ability to, to protect the blind side and help that for Kirk could go a long way in, in helping the Vikings go up another notch. And Kirk Cousins still continues to rank year in, year out pretty high with the with the DYAR stat from Football Outsiders. Um, defense, though, again, they really regressed last year uh, down to 18th in DVOA from you know being a top 10 team for year after year after year. Uh, whether the, they have a really young, you know, they do have that core of the, the veteran guys, but they do have some younger players they're hoping can really step up, step up uh, with, with Gladney, hopefully getting some more time. Obviously, they do bring in Patrick Peterson to see how that all works out. Also with Xavier Woods, I mean, they have an interesting group. Um, but you know, last year we saw it, um, how you know Mike Zimmer was just completely called them out at the end of the season and uh, their ability to bounce back from being, you know, on the, on the, on the back half of the NFL in terms of their uh, performance last year to being closer to a top 10 unit. Again, it will go a long way towards them getting into the, the postseason. I would, I would probably go still over football outsiders again, have the 9.1 win uh, projection for them. So just barely over this 8.5. Um, I, it's the extra game. I, I'd feel decent about them getting to around that nine and eight, Mark, uh, maybe their ceiling, like you're saying, is probably not insanely high. Maybe I'll go 11 and six is my, uh, you know, you maybe go one more to 12, but around 11, 12 wins is my absolute ceiling if they win all their close games, uh, steal one from the Packers, that kind of thing. My floor, I, I, it's really not too low though. I'd probably not go down beyond like anything under seven, like seven and again, like I, I have a hard time believing Minnesota is just going to bottom out. Um, as yeah. long as they have they have just too, too much depth overall as a team, um, but I just don't think they're anywhere 
towards the bottom of the league and, you know, probably going to pencil in a couple wins against the Lions there. So that, that also helps a decent amount. But I, yeah, even though that my ceiling isn't on the same level as Green Bay, uh, with, where you could see a team going to like 14th and three kind of finish as their absolute ceiling. I see the Vikings below that, but floor is definitely not too low for me. They got some interesting road games. They start the season, of course, at Cincinnati against the Bengals. Like that's one of those interesting ones. But then the next week they go to Arizona to play the Cardinals. And it's like, those are two games that I, I feel like it can go either way, like depending mm-hmm. on, you know, how things unfold. And then, you know, you've also got one of those, like they play at Carolina later in the season. Um, you know, those are the kind of those are those swing games we talk about. Like, you know, could the Vikings go three and zero in those three games? Sure, they could. But could they go zero and three? Could they go one and two? Yeah, like it's a possibility. And I think again, you know, you also look at it. You know, they've got to play out the Ravens. Um, they got to go to the Chargers, the 49ers. Um, so the, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting schedule. And again, we're, we're not even talking about the games. Of course, obviously they play two against Packers, Bears. Um, and yes, the Lions ones should be a little bit more manageable, but uh, they've also got the Cowboys and the Steelers on there. So it's like, you know, there there are some tough games uh, and the Rams. So there, there's a lot of interesting games. Uh, and that's why I think for me like that, that number feels about right. I think when you compare where they're at, like you said, if you kind of project it around nine, uh, that seems to be kind of the spot. But, but I think I don't see this being a team that has a very wide range in terms of what they can, you know, like we said, I don't think you're looking at them as 12, 13, anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you also don't look at them as probably five or six. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, those are the kind of games you look at. So uh, moving on to the Chicago Bears, who uh, have <laughs> seven as their uh, over-under as of Sunday. Um, this is obviously a team we've talked a lot about, Dylan, basically surrounding the draft. They draft Justin Fields. And um, this is what it's all been about for the Bears is the quarterback position. Can they finally get consistency there? That is the question. Uh, But it's also, you know, the defense, because we know there has been a lot of pressure put on the defense in recent years because of their offense and what that can do. You know, if they can make a leap forward on offense, how significant is that going to be for the defense? Um, There's a lot of unknowns with the Bears. So I can kind of understand this, this over under being at seven on their win total because, I think you're you're playing on a lot of what ifs here, uh, because if the quarterback situation isn't any better, uh, and maybe you know they don't get that consistency just yet mm-hmm. this year from Justin Fields, then you're still basically where you were a season ago. Um, you know you've got one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, just waiting and waiting and waiting, and um, but it's just I think that's it. Like we can say anything we want about the defense and everything, but what it comes down to is are the Bears going to be able to score points, and are they going to be able to, to have a consistent offensive threat? If they don't. Uh, then that puts pressure everywhere else. And, and again, that puts you in a spot where maybe you, you do struggle to get the seven wins. Yeah, that's it's really about, for me, how early they go to Justin Fields and when they do what yeah. he's able to produce. That's going to go a long way. Definitely one of the tougher schedules. Football Outsiders has it projected as the toughest schedule in the entire NFL. Um, 22nd uh, per sharp football analysis projections, uh, which have likely change with some of the other free agent signings and different things that have happened. So yeah, it's, it's really last year. Like you looked at their, we, we talked about it during the run and we we're like, is uh, the, the little playoff run that they were uh, late season run they made to make the postseason, And it was a lot of bad teams that were playing playing. And we've seen this happen where teams and coaching staffs and front offices get another shot at the apple when they, uh, they're able to go in and kind of run that might, be a little bit of a mirage based on who you're playing. Trubisky always put up great numbers against the bottom eight defenses throughout his uh, tenure in Chicago. 
Um, and now you do, yeah, like we're mentioning with all these teams having to face everyone in the AFC North, it's just not a, it's not an easy draw for them. And obviously expecting fields to be great as soon as he takes the field will be a lot to ask. I do have some optimism about this team uh, overall as a, uh, as a fringe playoff team, but I, you know, obviously they made the postseason last year. And I just don't know if the defense is going to stay. It's, it's a lot to ask them to continue to stay a top 10 unit uh, projected to be 10th uh, per football outsiders it's uh it's, it's the it's just I'm, I'm really concerned about the number of tough games and it's kind of like what you looked at at the vikings one where it's like maybe they could have a pretty bad record actually by the end of it just because there's a lot of tough games out there and not a lot of uh wins you can just circle uh obviously that's the nature of the nfl overall but especially when you're <laughs> facing the packers twice even for the bears in this case the vikings are pretty solid team twice and the afc north it's just yeah. Uh, and by finishing second in their division, they get games, uh, you know, against teams or divisions are not pay- playing in full. Um, they draw also this uh, the NFC West. So it's like it's just a, a lot of tough teams. Tampa finishing second in the South. It also lines up with them. So, man, yeah. I, I, I would I think the seven is a good number. It's really close to their seven point three projected wins from football outsiders. I I see it probably being right around that. I my ceiling, I guess, if like Justin Fields slides lights everything on fire, like maybe ten and seven, maybe a, a ten win. That's a, a, a solid look yeah. at how high they could go. Eleven, very best, but the floor, unfortunately, is probably probably more in that five range for me. I, I don't know. I got. I'm not gonna try to predict. You know, the Bears still have a, enough solid players, and I feel like they'll eke out. A number of wins. I'm not going to go b- below five, but five and twelve would re- be really disappointing. I don't anticipate that happening, but this is basically a a 500 team until we see, you know, until we see guys like Tevin Jenkins really fill in on along the offensive line as well as you'd hope. You see Justin Fields, who yeah, even yeah, who knows again when we'll see him on the field. I just don't have any confidence in what Andy and and Nick, what those guys have done previously, what they're going to be able to do with this Chicago offense as it stands. Um, and hopefully for Fields' sake and for the Bears, he's able to be solid as soon as he gets in there. And I do think the pressure of, you know, wanting to see for this, for the coaching staff in this front office to see what he's able to do, because if they have a really, if they really bottom out, I wouldn't be completely shocked if the organization went in a different direction. I do think they want to see at least some progress or some level of, you know, optimism for what Fields is able to build on this season. So I don't, I wouldn't, even though I'm, disappointingly probably not going to see him in week one when I go to that Rams bears game. I do think it won't be too long into the year uh, until he plays. And that's why maybe I'm a little more optimistic on that possible high number. If he really plays well in as a rookie. Yeah, I would go six to 10. I think on the bears side, like you said, I don't, I wouldn't go any higher than 10. I think that's yeah. best case, probably um, all things considered, because like you mentioned, they have road games at the Rams Browns. Um, they got to go to Tampa. They got to go to Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> You got to go to Green Bay, of course. They got to go to Seattle, and they got to go to Minnesota. Like those road games, they're they're going to be underdogs in every one of those road games. So, yeah. and that's what six or seven right there. So um, they're probably, you know, they're not going to lose all of them. But remember, you're also got teams. You know, you got the Ravens at home and um, some of the others you mentioned. So, yeah, it's not a it's not an easy schedule at all. So I think ten is probably the best case scenario, and I would not be shocked if if nothing goes right offensively. But six you know six is maybe the and that may be there yeah. so i don't know um so we'll see but uh then dylan that leaves the lions um who as of sunday had the second lowest um over under win total i'm looking at vegas insider here yeah uh five was the number 
on that. The Texans were four and a half. Um, so not not ideal for the Lions, uh, who, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know what to expect from the Lions this season. I have <laughs> no idea. Um, new coaching staff with Dan Campbell. Uh, Anthony Lynn, of course, is their, their new offensive coordinator. But yet, you know, I mean, their wide receiver group is just one of those things where, you know, I got nothing against Rashad Perryman and Tyrell Williams, but if that's your top two guys, yeah. you, know, Jared, you know, Jared Goff comes in, um, your running backs, you got, I don't know how many running backs, they got 15 running backs. Um, <laughs> and then the defense, you know, we know there's some good young talent on the defense, but it's just, I don't see any path forward for the Lions to have a winning season, I guess is probably the best thing. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a number here, like we said, five, I think it'd be worse than five. I think it could be, um, I don't know, I think it'd be three or something. I'm going to look at their schedule in a second, but I, I feel like yeah. it's the highest, the ceiling for the Lions to me is probably, I don't know, it's like seven or seven or eight. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's anywhere, anywhere else, so. Yeah, it's. I don't think winning is the focus this year, and it shouldn't be. With you know, this organization needed uh, a new, a new face at it, which it will be fun with Dan Campbell, all his interviews. I'm excited to. I'm like, I'm sure they only get crazier after what he did in his intro press conference, talking about biting kneecaps off. It's going to be fun on that end, but I, I think it really is a developmental year. It's about getting guys to buy into what this new regime wants to do, and believing that at some point there will be a reward. They have a lot of young players that maybe aren't just going to uh, a lot of rookies on defense that maybe aren't going to start immediately, but should get a lot of playing time, uh, a lot of their mid round picks there. And obviously we'll see how dominant Penny Sewell can be immediately. And that will go a long way in determining how well Jerry Goff can play. I'm, I'm a little worried just given you know, the situation that Goff was in with the Rams and really uh, allowing him to, uh, in certain ways, obviously he had some really strong performances himself, but I do think there's, <laughs> it's not just, uh, crazy that Sean McVay comes in and his play immediately increases to a much higher level. And while it did start to kind of go down towards the end of his tenure there, I, I am concerned to see him with this kind of unit without having guys like Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, without having pretty solid offensive lines and mostly yeah. good running games. Um, it's going to be an adjustment. And I, I do think that's, uh, again, winning is not really there. They're on, you know, something they're really focused on for just this season. I really think it's about getting them to, maybe two, three years down the line and having the, the core of whatever that unit is being there. Ultimately, that's why they bring in guys like that are even older that aren't going to be here probably by then, like Michael Brockers to really set that kind of tone um, for what they're going to become. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> fourth toughest schedule based on, uh, by according to football outsiders and sharp football analysis. So, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> given the talent <laughs> they have and the schedule they have. They still have, and just to be clear in the football outsider projections for the win totals, they always kind of go towards the mean. So like teams that, you know, are the, like the highest win total is Tampa Bay at 11 um, for their projections, but then the lowest is only in the six range for the Jets. So they're always kind of towards the mean. They have the Jets here at, or sorry, the uh, their lines here at 7.2. I do not think they'll reach seven wins. I do think seven, like you said, is probably the absolute ceiling for me. Um, I five my, I, I know there's an extra game, but it's like, when you look at the schedule, yes, they don't have yes. because they finished last in the division last year. They don't get quite as tough of matchups, right? From their uh, from their uh, going across the divisions. Obviously, they still have to face the entire NFC East. But going to the to the South, they get probably was looking down the list. It's uh, Atlanta, 
so, I mean, like, they get games like that, um, Philly and the Eagles. So, I mean, those kind of matchups, yes, they're not, like, insanely tough. But I think those teams are probably looking at the lines being like, wow, that's going to be a victory for us. I think Denver is going to be better as the they're kind of uh, their flex uh, extra AFC matchup outside of the AFC North one. So, man, it's it's not looking pretty to me. I think the floor is probably as low as, like, two. <laughs> like, two and 15 isn't, like, completely out of no. the realm of possibility. I don't think any team – it's hard to project the team being that bad, you know, but – um, I, I don't know. Shocked. There's another team we're going to talk about when we get to the AFC South that I could yeah, you know, project as being that bad. But I'm looking at the schedule right now. I was about to tell you, like, I think two is what I would say because I, I, they're not. I'm looking at their schedule. They're not a favorite in any game on their schedule right now. They're not going to be a favorite over the Eagles at home. They're not going to be a favorite at the Broncos. <laughs> no. They're not going to be a favorite at the Falcons. And to me, those are the only three games I look at and say maybe. The rest <laughs> of them, I'm like, not, it ain't happening. Um, Jerry Bengals, Goff revenge game. Hey, Jerry Goff revenge game at the Rams. <laughs> well, look, who, who, we talked about the Jets last year, right? Like, you know, we thought that. I mean, they're you're going to have some of those games. Like, they're going to come up and you know they'll go win in Cleveland or somewhere like that. Like, they'll they'll beat somebody they shouldn't beat. That's just that's how it works. We understand that. Like, it's the NFL. Uh, but I still think two. I'm with you. I think two, and I may even dial back that seven to like six because I <laughs> I'm trying to find six on here, and I just don't. I don't see it. Um, I may even go like two to five. So in that scenario, I would like to pick the under uh, on that. Just hey, that's a schedule thing. So um, not not looking good for the Lions. I don't think this season. Um, all right. So there's kind of an overview of where things are at for those four teams. Now we go into our picks uh, that we do uh, each season, and we're going to just do a couple things here. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll dive more into actual, you know, predicted order of finish, all this other stuff mm-hmm. before the season starts, but. And just as an overview, our division MVP, uh, Dylan, I don't think this is probably going to be a big surprise based on the news uh, that has, you know, recently changed the landscape of the NFC North. And I think uh, we're both probably pretty set here on uh, who we're going with as our division MVP. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is obviously considering he's the incumbent uh, MVP of the entire league. I'd hope that he could be the MVP of his division as he has for any season that he stayed healthy, basically, since he became the starter for the Packers. Maybe you can make the argument Brett Favre edged him that one year when he was still in Minnesota. But uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to look at anyone else. Like, you really have to be outside of injury. It's just hard to pick anyone else. Like, Kirk yeah. Cousins, if the Vikings win the division, yeah. I guess you could put him there, but you're still going to probably end up if if he ends up having a the best a better season than Rodgers, it's going to have to do with a lot with the offensive line taking a big jump and him just putting up ridiculous video game numbers with the players around him. I I, I just don't see it. it's not really like it's fun to like think about some of these guys and what they might be able to do. And obviously, I think the fan bases in Chicago and uh, Minnesota obviously should have a lot of hope for some of the players and some of the guys they have under center. But it wouldn't be in really good faith from from either of us i believe if, if we decided that we we're gonna pick anyone else to win the mvp of this division it's obviously aaron Rodgers. yeah as you say like he's like kirk cousins you know if, if dalvin cook has a huge year the vikings are in the mm-hmm. division or something, yeah. that's a that's obviously a possibility but to me those are the only three that i think you're looking at because again you, you can't say like Devonte adams because Devonte adams having a huge year and Rodgers probably have a huge year so um so yeah i think this is the only choice based on what we know right now um, you know, again, injuries and all that stuff can change, but it's just yeah. this is the only choice to go with. Um, we wrap up though <laughs> with this selection for our breakout player. This is always an interesting one because there's usually there's usually a lot of choices. I think for us, like sometimes it takes us longer to pick our breakout player than it does record the podcast. 
But this time, we were looking around, and we've been looking at these depth charts for all four of these teams. And Dylan, we basically said, I only, and I said to you, I only think there are two options here. Two. Like, mm-hmm. only two. Um, <laughs> and to me, those two options were either Justin Fields or A.J. Dillon for the Packers, which I said, under the scenario that, let's say, Aaron Jones got injured or something, um, you know, A.J. Dillon would step in and be the mm-hmm. running back on the best team in the division. He would get a lot of work. Um, so in that scenario, I think that A.J. Dillon's someone that I, I could see in that category. But otherwise... There is no one else, as I look across this and say, <laughs> there's no one on the Lions I'm putting in that category. Um, we looked at the Vikings. We said, well, there, you know, you can't pick Justin Jefferson. He already had a breakout year. There's really no one else that just completely stands out. It's like, I feel like that guy could be the breakout player. And so ultimately, it's like, I feel like Justin Fields is the only answer here, based on what <laughs> we know right now, assuming that if if the Bears, you know, we don't know when he's going to, like I said, we don't know when he's going to start right away, but... I mean, if, if it goes according to plan, like you feel like he's the best pick here for the breakout player just because he will be put in that spot at some point. Unless, you know, Andy Dalton or Nick Foles just has a complete <laughs> resurgence, which we are not predicting that to happen. Um, so I just think otherwise, like it's not a matter of necessarily thinking that Justin Fields is going to be a complete slam dunk here. But I just don't think there's anyone else that I look around and say, well. That guy's a sure purified breakout player, uh, even though Fields isn't either. But I feel like he's going to have the best opportunity probably to fit this category better than anyone. Yeah, it's hard to project that, again, that Foles or Andy Dalton will be the long-term quarterback through this season. I just feel like there's going to be some point, whether it's week four or week five, where Justin Fields is going to get in there. And he's going to have, obviously, the best opportunity in terms of the notoriety of the position he plays, the the potential savior as Bears fans might uh, refer to him for their franchise. The expectations could not be higher. Um, obviously, expectations really high for a guy like Penny Sewell, but I just it's hard for us to put him as a, the number one breakout guy because I think we expect him to be yeah. really really good immediately. The same way we we hope for with with Justin Fields, but we don't. You know, it's never a sure thing, especially that position with Sewell. I mean, he'd have to really become like. The number, like the second best or number one of the best tackles in the NFL immediately to, to kind of put him on that on that level. After that, like you said, AJ Dillon, I suppose we, we mentioned when I was trying to find a second name to be just be different than the Fields pick. I was looked at Amari Rogers possibly, but I, yeah. it's hard to imagine him. You know, we'll see if he can uh, dream scenario for Packers fans is him looking like Randall Cobbs is a rookie. I know it's a lot of comparisons about the role he's going to play in, in the slot there, but I, I think Justin Fields has to be again even just like you said sometimes there's multiple picks and I think I guess you could make arguments for some of these guys and by the end of it maybe we'll have someone else um if Andy Dalton or Nick Foles have a resurgence I'd argue they've already had their own breakout years in their <laughs> yes. careers early in their uh, careers uh, Nick Foles when back when Schiff was there had a pretty good <laughs> campaign for the for the Eagles um uh, obviously some pretty good years from Andy in Cincinnati too but I yeah no I I think it's Fields or or the field. Uh, yeah. No pun intended. Uh, I, I guess if Eric Stokes, uh, someone that we were and we we're talking yeah, about the Packers true. defense, if he yeah. really became like a a one B corner somehow across from Jair Alexander, I mean that would elevate the Packers from where they are as a defense to another level. I, it's a lot to expect from him in year one. I think he's has some interesting tools, but a guy that maybe needs to refine some of those skills. So um, I think Fields is is the pick here. The one thing I was going to say when you're when you're talking about the uh, our divisional MVP, maybe the better 
one that we can add for this list moving forward would be the uh, fantasy MVP per yes. division. Maybe that would be something that's a little <laughs> tougher because then you get to a, a com- conversation between Dalvin Cook, uh, Devontae, and Aaron in some order. Um, obviously, the value of quarterback and fantasy not the same as those positions. I'd probably uh, give Dalvin the edge, but I, I think Devontae Adams, you can make a good argument depending on if you're in PPR or not. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I think that's uh, we're going to add that moving forward. I think that's an interesting discussion uh, for sure. And as we know, we enjoy the fantasy. So, um, but there's kind of a quick look at the uh, the NFC North uh, heading into next season. And uh, yeah, it should be interesting, like we said. And of course, as we go to make our picks and all that, we'll have a much better idea where things stand. Um, you know, kind of probably a better idea of, of exactly what things are going to look like for for mm-hmm. most of these teams. So. Um, but everything else still, and I know a lot's still going on over at Clutch Points. So NBA Finals are over, but a uh, lot's happening, of course, as we head into the offseason, the NBA, uh, NFL offseason here as we get ready to start the regular season. So uh, let everybody know where they can find all of that. Yeah, we'll have our NBA draft coverage this week on Clutch Points on the website and on in the app. So a lot of things with the NBA draft coming up. Excited to, we've already been breaking down all the possible destinations for different picks and we'll go more into looking at their rookie seasons for those guys once they're picked fantasy football wise we're starting to to crank out some of our fantasy projections for some of the top players per team we'll start uh, especially in august periodically getting out more lists on sleepers and all sorts of adp values that kind of good stuff Uh, so you search fantasy football on clutchpoints.com or in the app you can find that mlb should have a good amount of trade deadline stuff this week as well so yeah really busy time uh, actually right now and um so it's it's been fun and excited though for now with training camps officially starting we're, yeah, we're so close only just over a week now till the till the hall of fame game and considering we had no preseason games last year and uh, no early august football it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah check it all out uh, over clutch points and uh, as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, any podcast app you use, you can search for Stabs the Pass and find us there. And uh, thanks again for everyone for uh, uh, bearing with me here with the uh, the audio and uh, the dogs barking in the background. They're ready for the NFL season, too. Um, they're, they're excited. I can't stop them. So, uh, yes, but be sure to check everything out there. And uh, as always, uh, thanks uh, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast. <laughs>